I'm honored and excited to announce that I want to know has their first sponsors. First, Dr. James McIntyre and his team at Adjust Your Health in North Calgary. When I met Dr. James almost 20 years ago, I was taking a bucket load of Advil every week just to get through my day, like 16 to 20 a day. Not to mention the alcohol and other substances I would take at night so that I could sleep. I suffered from chronic back pain due to car accidents, sports injuries, and repetitive motion damage from being uh, in the drywall industry. I worked in the trades for nearly 20 years, had more than 10 car accidents, three very serious ones, and some severe sports-related injuries. Most of the chiros I saw could only give me temporary relief. I was, uh, it was getting expensive and very depressing to know that I would see some of these chiros and only get temporary relief, but wake up the next morning in pain. I was lucky that the last chiro I saw said she couldn't help me and directed me to Dr. James McIntyre. After only a few visits, I felt tremendously better. Most of my pain had left, my mobility was coming back, and I didn't need as much Advil. If I remember right, it was only a few months, and I was almost completely off the pills. Life was getting better. I've known Dr. James and his crew for almost 18 years. I've referred almost everyone I know to him, and they have become Adjust Your Health advocates. The team at Adjust Your Health offers a wide array of services, including acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. They believe in a multidisciplinary approach to patient care and use a variety of techniques to help the patient achieve their goals, from pain relief or injury resolution to improving sports performance. Calgary is very privileged to have such a highly qualified team of practitioners available to accommodate your health and well-being needs. If you are in pain or an athlete or just want to be as healthy as possible, check them out at www.com. A-Y-H-Calgary.com. Our next sponsor is Paul Nye, an amazing artist out of Verdre, Alberta. I've admired his artwork for years. He's been mostly doing airbrush work to customize motorbikes, cars, boats, hard hats, and signs. The work is stunning to see. You can get all your custom work done with Paul at Reaper Creations at 3700 McCool Street, Crossfield, Alberta, just a half hour north of Calgary. That's not all. I don't want to take the light away from his airbrushing, but his tattoos are out of this world. His ability to bring tattoos to life with shading and color will astound you. The skill set he has as an airbrush artist transferred seamlessly to tattooing. You can get your next tattoo with Paul at Shellshock Tattoo and Piercings at 920 36th Street, Northeast Calgary. We have featured some of his art on our YouTube video, and we have had him on the podcast. Paul is second to none as an artist and a person. You can also check out his art at Nice Tats or Nice Touch on Facebook and Instagram. And now, on with the show. I want to know podcast with Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad and I want to know a kick-ass podcast. I'm here today with uh, someone I think I've known for a long time, but we've never actually met. That's the, the, yeah. the benefits of social media. Mm-hmm. This is Amanda Tozer, a uh, local artist and she works in the movie industry. How's it going, Amanda? It's going good. Awesome. You fed me wine. I'm really, really happy <laughs> <know>. right now. <laughs> uh, we had another local lady on the show, uh, Crystal Boys. And, uh, yes. I put the offer out and she didn't ask for wine, but... <gasps> It's yeah. probably a wise idea considering her background and what she does is yeah. to be smart and not be drinking. 
Yeah, we're going to be going out in a few nights. Uh, and uh, she was actually just over at my house, and we did makeup for her calendar. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up mm-hmm. because that was such a cool photo shoot that I saw. Yeah, it was... Um, well, I'll talk a little bit about that if you like. For sure, Did yeah. Did Crystal talk about that with you a little bit? We're doing a calendar because Crystal boys, they're, they have the power, the trying to... Airdrie power. Yeah, Airdrie power, raising or getting money and trying to raise money for women's shelter for survivors of domestic abuse. But it's not just, it's, you know, anybody that's going through domestic abuse. And so we're doing a calendar, which is all uh, fundraising. Yeah. So we're actually taking survivors of domestic abuse and we're doing full photo sessions with them. Um, My friend, Melissa Romack, actually, uh, had this thought about it one day and she phoned me up and she's like, Hey, I have this idea to do this. And so I helped her and we got artists involved, yeah. all local artists, Airdrie artists. Um, so we're doing hair, makeup, um, completely making them feel beautiful and empowered. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a section in the calendar too for, um, male domestic abuse as well you know because it's a it's it goes both ways a lot of times for sure it does yeah so we've been doing that so crystal um we had this vision with her to be like a warrior and melissa got like swords and they got a fur cape and we just did that makeup kind of like vikings kind of look yeah yeah, that's exactly what it was i dolled her up yeah it was great (laughs) she had the great like henna type art on her yeah i did like yeah like a tribal yeah she had a tribal tattoo kind of look it was just in a hybrid airbrush makeup and I hand drew it on her forehead. She it, looked really It was good. amazing. She yeah, looked it was amazing. Fun. So yeah. just so everyone else knows, Crystal Boys is uh, uh, trying to get Airdrie Power going in Airdrie. Mm-hmm. We have uh, one of the highest uh, percentage of domestic abuse I in know. Canada yeah. by almost four times the national mm-hmm. average. And our uh, local mayor, Peter Brown, um, who I'll tag in this because I've been trying to get him on the show and I wanted to talk to him yeah, about Peter, it. Peter, get your butt down here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, his uh, gatekeeper wants to know exactly what I'm going to talk to him but before he comes on the show right, so okay. i'm yeah. trying to corner him out in the public and yeah. just get him over here but he's a busy man of course he is and, a busy man yet yeah. and i like him and i don't want to abuse him at <laughs> all but uh, i definitely want to find out why we can afford an ice rink and not uh, not a, a shelter for um domestic abuse right well now they have um i think they have the actual housing don't like all set up or anything but i just know there's still there's all the red tape to kind of get it really going right and we just had an incident with uh severe domestic abuse with uh, a couple women horrible there There was two two mm -hmm. um well actually i was in uh, first aid training today with a very interesting lady from uh from energy she she teaches in calgary though um, and she was talking about the the domestic excuse where the lady lost a couple yeah. fingers and was stabbed, and the guy tried to uh, yeah. light the house on fire or mm-hmm. the apartment block on fire. Yeah, which was horrific. Yeah, one of her best friends reached out on Airdrie Mums for a GoFundMe yeah. for her yesterday. So this is where another thing I do a lot is um, a lot of uh, donations for charities in Airdrie too, because it's yeah. my town and it's. You know, there's a lot of things here that I'm very close to, but it's also my little way of giving back as well. So I had uh, mentioned to her friend on on the the Facebook page and I just said, you know, do a silent auction. You'd be amazed at how many women and businesses and men will donate to that. Right. And then people bid on that. All the money goes directly to this woman who's going to be going through... Emotional and uh, can't even you know, imagine. Follow, you know, like the 
the follow-up show's going to need for that is going to be physical and, you know. Absolutely. Um, but, um, yeah, so hopefully that comes about. But, yeah, so I do a lot of that in Airdrie as well. Yeah. I know you did a bunch of events for the city where you're painting kids' faces yeah, and for a bunch know, of churches around town. A lot. I do probably, <laughs> I've had to kind of tone it down a little bit because since I've, um, you know, got all my makeup certifications and I've been with the film industry and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a permit with our union in Calgary now. So mm-hmm. once you're a permit with the union, then you're, um, you're training with the best of the best. and right. Uh, I've uh, done a lot of courses with Gail Kennedy, and she is one of like Emmy Award-winning, incredible makeup artists. Very cool. Worked on many, many movie sets. She was like Legends of the Fall, Forsaken, uh, Ewan McGregor's makeup. She was nominated for the Makeup Guild Award for Ewan McGregor's makeup yeah, in yeah. Fargo last year, and just incredible. So she is doing, she'll do courses with the union, and then I've been uh, you know, part of taking part of her courses as well. What's that like being around people that have like found that next level of art or that next level of makeup? Well, I <clears> never <throat> ever thought I, I never thought I'd be in makeup at all. I actually have an art background. Right. So I went to the U of S, you know, fine arts. I was like, um, I thought, oh, I'm going to be an art teacher. I want to be an art because I love <laughs> kids. Obviously, I have four of my own. I love children, so I always wanted to be an art teacher. But when I you know, finished school, there was no teaching jobs whatsoever. So, you know, then I'm, you know, I have a family that works a lot in uh, medical care, like my sisters do, my mother does. And, uh, well, she's retired now. But, you know, I thought, oh, I could do the medical background kind of stuff. So I did. I actually, while I was working at John Williams Art Studio, Mm -hmm. and I was, um, they're they're gone now, sadly. But, um, and then a couple... uh, art classes through ACAD and I was doing that evenings and weekends and then I was doing unit clerk at one of the hospitals because there was nothing for artists yeah like and I was in Saskatchewan so I moved out to Alberta but then you're here where ACAD is right and there was like no teaching jobs nothing whatsoever so you know I thought okay well I'll get something with the hospital and I did that and I love doing that too because I like the patient care aspect of it but then I still had my art right and so I had um, commissioned work and I had gallery work and uh, many artists we'd all come together and do like gallery work and I did that for over 12 years wow (laughs) while you were working at the hospital while I was working at the hospital, yeah. And having, because, raising four kids. Well, they don't, they don't call it starving artists for nothing. <laughs> no, actually, this was, I finished doing any gallery work right when I got pregnant with my first, okay. my first child, Victoria. And um, I was actually about seven months pregnant with my second child. And I was a stay-at-home mom. So then I would still do commissioned work from home. Yeah. So anybody that wanted portraits or murals or things like that, then I would, I would do that while I was staying home with the kids. And... The way I got into makeup was I had a photographer friend who approached me and he's like, oh, Amanda, I want to get a body painter out for this um, photo concept that I'm doing. And do you know how much they charge? Those body painters are expensive. (laughs) I'm like, what? People painting on bodies, right? And this was about 13 years ago at the time. So I'm like, okay, uh, let me look into that. So it was funny because I wasn't even looking into doing I'd always liked makeup and things like that, but I, um, called him back and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can, I can do this, but it's makeup. Once you get into putting anything on skin, there's a whole different ball game with that. Um, 
I imagine should. tattooing, makeup, like you're looking at contours of the face and trying to figure exactly, out where things Exactly, yeah. But the big thing that I found out was that um, Alberta Health and Safety comes into a huge play when oh, you're putting okay. anything on the skin. Yeah. So it has to be hypoallergenic and non-toxic. And I've been at events where I have seen people using temper paints or acrylic paints Ooh. on kids. That is a big no-no. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. And um, so I went actually... Um, yeah, it was about 12 and a half years ago. And that's when I first met Charlie and Scott with Don's Hobby Shop. And I went into there and they were actually the first ones to get me kind of explain the makeup concept with body paint, right? Yeah. So they were like your teachers, they were doing it? No, no, they were doing it. They actually, it's just a local theatrical store. Okay. So that's where we, uh, I got the makeup at the first time that like we're, we're talking about, like over a decade ago. And, um, so I bought my own little palette set and I already had my artist brushes. And then I kind of looked online to see what protocols I needed to be following. So yeah. I did. And I went and I body painted these dancers and they all formed together to create this kind of abstract design. Mm -hmm. And then he photoshopped in like a frame so that they look like art, but they were people. So cool. I thought, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of... Um, Went from that to, you know, um, another uh, producer was looking at uh, this design because it actually turned out to be one of the um, syndicate of Alberta Ballet at the time mm -hmm. that was doing this photo shoot. And it was a, pr some, a bunch of private dancers that had this photographer friend doing it for them. So um, I just started getting more calls for that after, oh, you did this body paint, oh, you did this body paint, can you do this, can you do that? I'm like, okay. So then um, that's when I was doing an event with my friend Michelle, and we had um, a girl, and we painted it up as a full avatar. Okay. And um, I met Terry Fiel with the Event Network. Now, Terry used to do all the um, corporate gala bookings for uh, the Sam Awards and... Uh, the uh, Stampede, yeah. any big, huge, like the Junos, <clears throat> things like that. So the White Hat Awards, she did all of that. And then she, she wanted to incorporate body paint into the statues at one time. So at those events, it's mostly like um, starlet type stuff, right? Like just uh, glamour type makeup. It. Right, yeah. But see, body paint is theatrical makeup, right? Yeah. Um, if you think of like how a Cirque du Soleil performer looks, like yep. just over-the-top, incredible, yeah. beautiful, colorful makeup. So that's kind of the body art style I started doing a lot of stuff in, which incorporated the face. So it incorporated my... That's where my art background came in really well. A lot of blending, yeah. a lot of um, incorporating, you know, designs and effects with the makeup. And um, I had a, a background in sewing and stuff too, so I was helping out a little bit with when I... Costumes. Yeah, with costumes. Because when I came on board with Terry and we incorporated body paint into the living statues, well, then costumes came into play with that. So there was costume paints, but then there was headpieces. And there was, you know, um, then I started looking into special effects makeup and I started training in that because it was really cool to incorporate that into the costumes as well. Yeah. So it kind of started from there and it went from body paint to costume design, to headpiece design, into theatrical makeup, and then uh, working with the Event Network and Bluebird Moving Arts and and all these theatrical companies that did all these private galas. Yeah. And uh, it just took off from there. 
And so then I had, um, I think it was about 2009, then I started uh, face painting because who knew face painting, uh, you know, was so popular. <laughs> Is this sort of leading up to like the Comic-Con stuff that you do the face yeah, painting? Yeah, so I, um, I had been training for a few years with uh, face paint and uh, theatrical makeup. And then I had somebody approach me and just said, you should have a booth at Comic Expo because there's cosplay. So yeah. that was That's my first. The word I was looking yeah, for. so now I'm actually going into the, my ninth year being at the Comic Expos. And I had uh, been doing Comic Expos for a few years, the Calgary one. Um, and when I first started, I could handle, you know, the booth and the traffic by myself. And then four years into it, I'm needing like a giant booth with other makeup artists with me because it's <laughs> just too much to Well, do. cosplay, like these guys, they take massive amount of time to yeah. create these costumes. Well, I've seen a few of the ones you've oh. done with Nikki um, Nikki Middleton. Middleton, yeah. She's good old up Nikki. for everything, anywhere. Yeah. I sent you some pictures of a collage of Nikki. Yeah, she's my guinea pig for some reason. <laughs> no, not that anybody tests on animals anymore. Yeah. But yeah, she has been um, with me through every comic expo. You, you know how I actually met her? I was starting a clothing company and I needed a model. And I put out there and oh. I just said, hey, is there anyone willing to come and model? And so there was okay. uh, Michael Sazo from town, um, yeah. a good looking guy. And Nikki volunteered, and mm -hmm. then I find out she's an international model, and here she yeah. just shows up, and, you know, she helps us through the shoot, because we'd never done mm -hmm. one before. She's yeah. like, try this pose, and she is like one of the sweetest women uh, that I've yeah. ever met. She's, she's so nice. Nikki's in our calendar, too. Yeah? Yeah, she's in our calendar, yeah. What she kind of, uh, can, can you tell me what kind of makeup you did for her? Well, she's an indigenous model. Right. So we brought in Delry Dumont, who's also an indigenous artist, yeah. local artist, and, um, Delry had never. Was that the fox head piece yes. that I saw? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. So uh, Amanda Ubel, she and uh, Melissa Romack, they brought in all the costume pieces and the leather. They have, she had a fur skirt. Yeah. And uh, Delry had never body painted before. So now I actually have a, a makeup sponsor out of Saskatchewan uh, called Crivelin Art. And they donated. They sponsored. They sponsored all the body paints wow. for the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Um, Is it expensive? Is it like a. a well, Big price on the product? It's not a, that it's a huge price. It's just the makeup comes in little pucks. So it's still a few hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So a few hundred dollars of makeup, <clears throat> that's a few hundred dollars that could, could go to something else, maybe with printing or production or something like right. that, right? So the more sponsors that you can get for the calendar, if there are hidden costs, yeah. then, you know, it's something that... You minimize can, all those exactly. little costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nikki was... Um, Body painted by Delry, and her was Delry's first time body painting, and she got to play with the the paints and do her art, and um, it worked out really, really well. So there's Very a little cool. sneak kind of picture yeah. on the the website, but um, yeah, we've got uh, I think four more shoots to do as well, awesome. and then uh, we'll definitely have to help promote that uh, the calendar, calendar yeah. for uh, Crystal Boys and all the um, yeah and victims of Romack, abuse. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, you know, uh, Preet Najjar, she's a local makeup artist as well. Um, mm -hmm. Incredible bridal makeup. She's uh, uh, does aesthetics as well. You and guys seem like a very tight-knit group. Sorry to cut you off, but it's like artists yeah. don't ever look at things like a competition. It, it's You're you're building off of each yeah. other. You're growing from each other. We're trying. I, w I won't lie because I say I do have a history where, you know, there is a lot of cattiness in this business. Okay. There is a lot of people that will, you know, step all over you, you know, and, um, 
That's really I anymore. have a history, you know, and many times there's there's a history with um, you know, a couple artists that, you know, befriended me and we worked together and stuff like that and then the minute things weren't going their way the minute they just drop you like a hot potato right mm, and yeah. then then they're pissed off like what oh, can i say that sorry yeah, you <laughs> okay we don't have any yeah. rules on the podcast they're ticked off you know like you've done something to them and i've never had that animosity towards anybody like that yeah my whole concern with that kind of stuff is like you know don't take a friendship away just over something so yeah. simple. We, we can not work together. Yeah, Let's there's an, and I always have said that, you know, and I've mentored and taught a lot of artists. And I have to say probably out of, you know, oh, geez, a, a few dozen that mm-hmm. have, you know, shadowed with me or mentored with me or I've taught the business to. And that includes not only just makeup, but face paint as well. Yeah. You know, there's there's different kinds of people that, you know, are... It's, I think it's just got to do with how you are deep down inside, right? It's got nothing to do with the you fact know, that and they're an artist. They're just ex- difficult people or hurt people. You know, people and I, I, like I said, there, I have no animosity about that. You know, yeah. I won't name names. and uh, But I will say there's a degree of professionalism that you have to follow. And I will say, like working in movies now, I will be on some sets where everybody's like your family and they're your best friend and you're exchanging cell numbers and you're getting together for coffee after. But then I'll be on some sets where it's very, you know, like set, 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 you know, you're doing your work. That's what you're doing. Nobody's really talking to you. You're just there just to get your job done. And then you leave at the end of the day. And for me being such a, I'm a very people person. (laughs) I'm very chatty. In fact, I get in trouble because like, Amanda, you need to stop talking. You'll get work (laughs) done faster. Um, I find that um, I take that, personally too much and i have been told by my makeup mentors that okay you never cry you never get upset you know and there's um, no crying in makeup. there's no crying in makeup exactly it's, it's exactly the way it is and um you know but i have been on sets where i've been made to feel you know horrible i was on yeah. one set where there was another artist same you know um training same level as me and she was very, very cruel, hmm. you know, and um, I didn't understand that, you know, and she actually made another uh, another makeup artist cry. And kind <laughs> but of in, there's no crying in makeup. No crying, but, but this girl was very, very young. And instead of, for me especially, and I think this is where I differ from a lot of them is because I am a mom mm-hmm. and I have that patience and the compassion for kind of taking kids under my wing. Yeah. They're all the girls in the industry are half my age. Yeah. You know, I've kind of raised my kids. Now I'm getting into it, and I have a freaking lot load of energy to do <laughs> it too. And I'm like, oh my god, you're half my age, and you're complaining that you're tired and stuff. Right. But you know, there is a lot of it where you have to take that person rather than demean them or make them feel bad. Just say, okay, that's not the right way to do it. Let me show you my technique. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did with this girl. Yeah. And for me, it's just, but I've had makeup artists that are just say, no, 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 this is not the way we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah. And there's always yeah. a polite way to do it, right? I, there I, is, yeah. I, I have like a kind 20, way to do it. Yeah. I have 20 guys underneath me at work that my regular job, 
for everyone. This isn't my regular job. Mm. They know that. Um, where you have to mentor them. You've got men that have a difficult time emotionally getting through a day and other guys yeah. that put their tough face on and they're angry all mm-hmm. day and you have to learn yeah. how to guide them all in the right direction to get yeah. them to where you want them. And, yeah. you know, I can do it the hard way. I'm a big dude. I can be intimidating, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like the right way to yeah. do it. And I've never been that way. I find I had artists that I had one this floored me one time because she she deleted me on Facebook and then she <laughs> That's the ultimate. It was like I'm like, okay, what the heck did I do? And then she started telling colleagues, she goes, Well, I don't know about Amanda. I just, you know, someone that nice, I yeah. just can't trust her. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, um, okay. Maybe that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life that someone, you know, because you're kind to them yeah. and you're, you're helpful. not trustworthy. I'm not trustworthy. So in a way, it kind of, you know, and I'm never one to get That speaks so much of their character, though, right? I like know, if but I'm people... like, I just don't understand that. So I will keep doing what I do. Right. I will keep being nice. I will keep, you know, donating to the charities that I do. Like I had Airdrie Angels with Matt and Michelle Carr. Right. And then before that, then I had... They have a podcast as well, do they not? I, they have the one where you ride in cars the Cars car. and Cars? Yeah, so we're doing that. When I'm on set in August, I'm going to take them out to awesome. a, a set and uh, they can see it's not that glamorous. You know, <laughs> We had a local director. So I can talk about the people, not particularly the movies. Um right. Many movies that I'm on right now, we have disclosure agreements. So we cannot right. talk about them because they're in pre-production. Yeah. So, um, but uh, Jeremy Pollock is a local director. Yeah. And we were working on a movie with him and um, have another uh, another director next weekend. We're on his movie. But, um, you know. What was it like breaking into the movie set? So going from Ooh. local artist and from, you know. Well, this is the funny thing. So um, this is where I get talking about uh, Gail Kennedy, one of the ultimate most incredible makeup artists She's, um, you know, one of the heads with IATSE 212. And I had That's some, the union? That's the union, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's independent and there's union, right? So union is like Ghostbusters 3 that's coming out. Many of these films, if they're not Hollywood productions, many times they will amalgamate with the union because okay. they want to get... Because the union will have the best makeup artists, the best grips, the you know, the best setting people, the best lighting, the best cinematographers. And then they're getting that, um, you know... Um, as a whole group. As a whole thing. group. and then expensive, though. Well, yeah. Well, that's where Hollywood productions come in with a budget, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> independent, not so much. Right. So, so with independent... <clears throat> and this is where I need to gain experience as well. Because I haven't... The way I am with the union is I'm a permit makeup artist. And... I need to build set hours on a union production. Mm-hmm. And once you've gained so many hours, then you can apply to be a member. So there's a correct way of, you know, putting your dues in to work your way up. Sounds in like the being union a pilot. Well. You fly all the crappy planes in the crappy yeah, areas. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't, you know, this is where kind of the, the background of, you know, other makeup artists comes in because they... There's so many makeup artists graduating school, whether they want to do wedding, whether they want to do, you know, runway, whether they want to do avant-garde, whether they want to do theatrical, whether they want to get into movies. You know, what I like about the union is you can't really BS your way through it. You know, you can't. And I have been on photo shoots or runway and I have had artists that have showed up and told 
you know, the producer, the director, oh yeah, I can do this. I can do that. And then mm. I've got there and they have no clue what they're doing. And well, I had that's a, not a good idea. I had a photo shoot like that. And, um, this other artist said, oh yeah, I know how to airbrush. I know how to contour. I know how to lay that body paint down in a couple hours. And Nikki Middleton was actually with that. That's the okay. first time I met Nikki actually. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, it was, um, it wasn't that she couldn't do it. It was just that not in that time frame. And I think, you know, it just overwhelmed her that there is a deadline to get makeup down because then you have the photographer and then you have the set and everything that goes into it. And everyone's waiting yeah, for the, everyone's waiting the and the deadline kicks in and you've got to really push that out. So, but I had done, um, I think it was the event network and we had done a gala at the Jubilee and, um, I don't even know where Gail Kennedy saw my work, but then I got this message for her from her, and she's like, "Are you gonna? Are, why haven't you applied to the union? We could use a makeup artist, you know, with your yeah. your talent in the union." So I'm like, "Eh, I don't really want to do that right now, <laughs> you know." But my kids were really tiny at the time, and I said, "Well, maybe in a few years when my kids, because they were my first priority, right?" Yeah. And I think my twins are only three at the time, you yeah. know. So I you, said, "In you if, have four, right?" I have four girls, yeah. yeah. So. 17, 14, and twins. Your and husband 12. must be an amazing man. <laughs> I know. Why does he ever feel sorry for him? I'm like, really? I'm the one dealing with that right now. You uh, know, um, the teenagers are coming into play. But um, <laughs> everybody feels sorry for Peter. They're good girls, though. Yeah. But um, I wanted to wait until they were a little bit older. Yeah. Because... Um, you can be away in long days. Yeah. And, and another thing is, when you're getting into the union, then they want you to have your full certification mm -hmm. in every aspects of makeup and I was doing more theatrical and body paint and effects and prosthetic kind of stuff and head pieces and not beauty makeup yeah so I could do beauty makeup I had done it quite a bit but to get that certification in it so who certifies you who's the governing body over all these well, different there's makeup there's many different well that's the thing there's a lot of artists that are self-taught yeah you know because and for me, in special effects and in theatrical, there was no courses here. Okay. So I actually would go to the States from on three- to five-day workshops yeah. and train with these incredible artists, learn techniques like airbrush I learned down in the States, um, a lot of special effects makeup, theatrical, first sculpting and moldings, um, mm. any castings I learned yeah. at these workshops. What's the difference between castings, moldings, and prosthetics? Because prosthetics are kind of like... I think about it like the 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 uh, tissue and the no oh like like let's put a fake you know wound yeah. on your face with latex and tissue <laughs> yeah. that's a fun YouTube thing for kids to oh, try okay. no but when you're getting into um, film quality makeup it has to look real you right. know so there's um, like let's say with you you we wanted to make a um, a prosthetic for you where we had to reconfigure a whole new nose or something yeah we would life cast your face that's where we're making a cement uh sculpture of your face okay so we would take that and then we would using clay uh, we would actually sculpt that nose on your face mm -hmm. and then your that nose is actually what's getting casted okay and then that's where we have the then we have a form of that nose, yeah. And then that's what we're either making it out of silicone or foam latex. Yeah. So it's a process. So, but because it's been sculpted on your face, when it comes off, it 
fits your face perfectly. perfectly. So that is where edges come into play. The edges are like thin, like uh, like thinner than paper. You know, yeah. they're just like butter. And those edges have to melt into your skin. Yeah. And so I'm still training. Yeah. Like I am still learning. Uh, a lot of it is... Imagine it's like anything else that you're going to be training for your whole life. There's going to be yes. something new or a new oh, kind yeah. of pain. In or... fact, with Gail's courses, many of us, even if we've done it once or twice, we'll do it again. Yeah. Because... You're picking up from her her expertise, yeah. But there's things you'll catch on in a second class. Like I've done her color theory class twice because yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> color theory in makeup as and lighting in film as opposed to color theory in the art world. Yeah, totally different. This yeah. is so interesting. So I had uh, I've had quite a few artists on the last little while: Jamie Pruden and Paul Nye and mm-hmm. you and um, I can't think of anyone else. But there's a few other ones. And most of the artists I've met are self-taught. And like Paul Nye, for instance, says he does a lot of airbrushing oh, and starting tattoos have seen, now. Do you see my new tattoo? <gasps> By the way, I don't know if you guys can see that on the camera or not. So but is his, I will get it. Is the tattoo still Nye's touch, though? Um, no. He's calling them um, uh, Nye's tats or something Nye's like tats. that. Okay. <laughs> his new one. He's amazing. And I've, just been, I've been bugging Paul for years to do that airbrush class, Paul, <laughs> you know, well, he, because he talked about that. He's oh. like, he goes, the way yeah. he does it, it's most definitely the hard way, like lots yes. and lots of practice and trying. He goes, I've been at me. him to do airbrush classes. Yeah. For, I'm like, just do one because he'll, he'll meet some kid that came out of school and yeah. then he's like, he knows everything, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have the experience. Mm-hmm. And so they struggle a little bit and he goes, I have lots of experience, but I don't have the knowledge that they do, like mm-hmm. the technical knowledge. Right. Yeah, so um, Paul's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, we both did some chairs for uh, the Adirondack, or Adirondack when they were doing with the Creative Airdry. They used to do the gala at MacArthur Fine Furniture. Yeah. And uh, he, did a, he did a Calgary Flames chair. Yeah. It was incredible. His helmets are outstanding. Oh, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, so much work that goes into those, yeah. so much work, so... That's a different side of art that I could have got into. But for me, airbrushing is, no, you need some fake abs. I'll do that for you, you know, Uh, or prosthetic painting, you know. So if we have, like for comic expos, if I have a piece where I had one, my friend Paul, same name, um, was transformed into a a werewolf, right? So I had that foam latex piece where it was you know, put onto his head and we were, I was laying hair down on it and laying yeah. hair on the knuckles and everything. <laughs> and, um, and then he, he just had fun with it for the day. So for me, airbrushing comes into play with painting prosthetics as yeah. well. I, um, we were talking about this just before the podcast started about, um, how artists don't think what they do is really cool because oh, m- yeah. most <laughs> of us see what you guys do and we're blown away because we don't have that ability. Yeah. You know, every art is in so many different levels yeah you know and um for me i i base it in realism a lot that yeah. was a lot of my portraits and murals and animals horses horses, horses was a big thing <laughs> do for you guys me have horses no you want horses? horses i want horses still but i'm like oh that's another thing to an acreage is a lot to take care of you know it so is. i'm like huh. yeah but i do i'm uh i really uh if i did get into this i probably would have been been on a ranch with four horses by now, yeah. uh, just doing that every day. But um, my art background allows me to catch on quick in the makeup as well. And it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. And oh, we were talking about, so Gail had somewhere seen, and she asked me to, you know, come on to the union and that. And then when I um, 
she was she messaged me again and she said, Are you gonna apply? Are you gonna apply? It can take a while. So I didn't realize, oh my gosh, I should have applied when she first <laughs> told me because it did. It took me over four years. Oh wow. Four years. That's some kind of patience. Four years to be accepted as a permit. I'm still not a member, yeah. but it took me because there's so many incredible makeup artists and you can't it's not a fooler kind of thing. They see your stuff. They yeah. guide you through it. The the best thing I would never want to show up to a job or anything where you're kind of doing anything like half-assed, right? Because you've got to sh- have those skills. Yeah. And when people are relying on you for a look and they're relying on you to create, you know, and bring their cuz the directors and the writers and the producers that have have this movie, they have everything in their head. Right. So with the film that we filmed here with uh, Risen by uh, Aria Productions, um, I was actually on set with that one. And it was funny because Wendy Content, she called me and she's like, hey, are you free? There's a, a movie coming to town. And it just happened. I was. I was in between productions. So mm-hmm. it worked out great that I could come on set for that one. Again, we get back to talking about a family kind of, you know, feel because everybody on that set was incredible. You know, everybody was getting along really well and... And they've come back a couple times, and um, they came back for uh, scene pickups. So we uh, we filmed out at um, just outside of Airdrie. Okay. And um, so Eddie had he's the director Eddie Aria, and he had the vision of how he wanted this alien creature to look. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's an alien! I get to do really <laughs> cool stuff. I'm like, no, I did get to do a cool look, but he just wanted his vision of this alien was impervious to the cold. And to, um, you know, just be very paled out and quite corpse looking. Yeah. But just that. He just couldn't feel the cold. It didn't bother him. Okay. It was supposed to be set in Alaska. Airdrie was Alaska. And, you know, and... <laughs> Some but, days I don't doubt that. Yeah, exactly. But it was his vision. His yeah. vision of the alien was very pale, ice crystals in the hair and on the eyebrows. I think I saw a picture. Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. Do you, how much creative freedom do you get? Is it up to the um, producer or the director? Do you get some or is it always, no, we need it to look like this? It, we have to follow their vision, right? Yeah. Because they're writing a story and they're as they're writing the story, they have the look of this character in their heads. And that's like yeah. an example is when Anne Rice had interviewed with the vampire and the movie came out so many people, even Anne Rice was ticked off because Tom Cruise was not her choice to play Lestat, the vampire, right? <laughs> she was, and Brad Pitt was Louis. And yeah. she's like, nope, nope, nope. This is not how they get it. They, they acted well in the movie. They did well. And she kind of changed her mind about it after, but they have that vision. I read the books yeah? after okay. I saw the movie. Yeah, so and, were you thinking you Tom a, Cruise in your head you when you were reading total, that first book? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a total different exactly. vision in your head. So I have to go at what their vision is like our lead actress um nicole she had to she was an alcoholic and a drug addict and she had to look very withdrawn and you know broken capillaries bags under her eyes you know really you know sweat she was just always hung over you know she's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen but in the movie she had to look like she was worn out yeah and almost sickly yeah. You know, so I have to go with their vision of that makeup. And they will tell me, like, I'm on set next weekend in Red Deer. And um, I get it from the writers and the producers. These are the actors. This is the look that we want for them. Okay. And then I have to follow that. So when I have my actress sitting in my chair, 
then thank God for iPhones because <laughs> back, you know, years ago it was Polaroids, right? And yeah. um, you have to have continuity with makeup as well. And that's again where prosthetics come into play because many times if we have a fight scene and the actor has got like a cut cheekbone and they say cut, that's a wrap for the day. We pick up tomorrow. Well, that cut on that cheekbone has to look exactly the same. Exactly. So for yeah. that, you know, pickup of that scene. And um, so lots of iPhone pictures. So you can recreate lots of it the iPhone next pictures, day. Pictures. Yeah. I imagine too. Like you don't seem like the kind of person that comes from a boxing or a martial arts background that uh, to find <laughs> the look that they're supposed to have after being in a fight. Well, I could describe it perfectly. I've seen yeah. it a million times. Well, that's where I think. Goodness for Google, yeah. because we just you have to care for what you Google though, because some of it's like Bleh, you know. But um, I did this one FX course, and actually, and this was a funny thing because I went to Vegas, and I was able to go to Vegas for this five day course, and to fly there, my hotel, my course cost, and everything was two thousand dollars less than going to a weekend course in Vancouver. Wow. So you, so that is where. We have a, you know, our head makeup artists here. We need more, um, like, um, makeup academies. Yeah. So we have, like, there's... Maybe you could do that. You always wanted to teach. I love to teach, yeah. So if that ever came about, I probably would love to do that. Yeah. I really, really would. So I have, um, like, one beauty academy is in Calgary, and um, I refer them a lot because I've been teaching at the local high schools yeah. for the last four years now. So cool. all the high schools, middle schools, I've been going out and talking about makeup and the film industry and talking about how they can a- achieve that accreditation. Yeah. Because Vancouver has a lot of, like we have Vancouver Film School, there's Blanche McDonald. Yeah. You know, there's um, Toronto Film School. There's a lot of more opportunity. But then again, Vancouver has like five times, actually Taxes. more than that. The films. Oh, really? More yes, film? Yeah. So, so when, that's why we have Keep Alberta rolling going right now. When um, I lived in, I grew up in BC mostly okay, in, in yeah. the Lower Mainland. And at one point they used to call it Hollywood North because there were so many movies being mm-hmm. filmed there. And then the yeah. government changed and they started taxing everybody. And they all exactly. went, see you later. Well, we're, we're all good with this. It's still that way now, though. But Alberta was actually more expensive for these for these films. Really? The BC um but now that's changed. Now the tax credit has come into play. And I don't awesome. really know the whole politics of it. I just know that with Brock Scredding, with Keep Alberta Rolling, he, um, we're trying to show these, um, you know, directors and people that are filming these movies at Calgary and surrounding areas and Airdrie and all, you know, like we've had like Didsbury and Olds and Bicycle and all of that. Like they, they're, they're good places for, to film. Yeah. And also, it's Canada, so we're super nice, and uh, you know, and that's where <laughs> we are. Super yeah, nice. and actually, um, Eddie Aria with uh, the movie The Risen uh, told me he goes, "I think I'm going to film my next two feature films here." Yeah. I really love how, and they were going to do pickups in New York, and they ended up coming back to Calgary Very cool. because he loved how everybody was. He loved how helpful everybody was. Um, not only that, but he now for the next productions he can. So I got him the contacts for the union because he can then talk to them and amalgamate with the union and everything will just run a little more smoother. He'll have everything he needs. And um, right now he's in the process of getting uh, Tobin Bell 
as one of the leads. So Jigsaw from Saw. Oh, right, Yeah, right, so right. he's going to be one of the, the actors for the movie. And um, I don't think people realize what the movie industry does for a province or a city or an area. Yes, well, jobs, right? Jobs. Uh, yeah. The, um, you know, when you, people complain about what actors get paid and what movie people get paid. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not always as good as I think what everyone thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they get paid that, they also hire assistants and they buy cars and houses and then they get landscaping done like oh yeah it's a non-stop thing and uh to be upset because someone makes four million dollars or ten million dollars on a film is silly that's but again hollywood productions and who's picked up their that feature film plays into what the budget allowance is too right and i don't again know a lot about that i know like with independent movies right now there's a lot of new directors that are putting out film concepts. So the concept is where they have, they'll do like a little mini trailer. Yeah. They can take this mini trailer. It's fully edited. It's like a little mini feature. Yeah. So if you ever go on internet movie database and you're watching a trailer, well, that's a trailer. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a concept first and that's where they can submit that. And they might have production companies. They might have Netflix. They might have, you know, different studios like, hey, I want that. Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, They say, I want that movie. You know, um, so then when that's picked up, then that budget comes into play. So many times with being a makeup artist for me, I love helping these new directors. I love helping bring their concepts to life. Yeah. Many times there is no pay involved. (laughs) But if this feature is picked up, then your name's on it. Well, those directors will be like, well, you know, I will, you know, I want to help. I want to give the work to the people that saw my vision and had that faith in me. And for me, it's more like, Hey, I'll come out for a couple of days. I'll do the makeup for you. You know, many times like our, it's no expense to us. Like I have a little mini kit fee sometimes, but not very often, but most of the time our travel and our room and board and our meals are all covered. So we're just doing, we're not charging a day rate for that time. Right. And, um, it's not costing you a lot to be there either. Right, you know, but we all have to start somewhere as right. well. And a lot of makeup artists that I have talked to <clears throat> in the film industry, a lot of them are doing this because, you know, everybody starts somewhere, right? So I, maybe in 10 years I'll be, like, working, <laughs> you know, in all future films and who that. Like, that's a hope. But yeah. I, I don't want to take off to Vancouver. I want to stay home-based here. Yeah. I want to work on whatever productions we have here. It's one of the few industries, being uh, media or, or movies or TV, that, that kind of thing, where most people work for free or really, really cheap for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even with podcasting, there's it, there's no one hiring podcasters, mm-hmm. right? If you're doing makeup or acting like or modeling even, like what Nikki does, she volunteers her time all the time. A lot, yeah. And uh, there's no pay in it. You have to really have a passion for what you're yeah. doing. Well, there are, there are productions where... I get my full day rate and I'm doing really well. Like um, there are productions where they are picked up and then we're receiving, you know, like it could be anywhere from $200 a day to $800 a day. But then once that movie's picked up, then it's in an honorarium from that, you know, and that's where that family kind of atmosphere comes in with when you're working. What do you mean an honorarium? Well, that's where if they say, well, if this is picked up and we get the budget allowance that we're looking for, that is when we promise to pay you out an honorarium, which they'll say a certain rate, right? Okay. So some will say, well, you know, we'll do... I'll one- give you $200 a day right now, but if we get picked up, you'll get eight. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I have had that where, you know, it'll come into play and you're like, 
sweet. I didn't think I'd get anything out of it. But, you know, if it's a really good film concept and yeah. people are liking it, then... And the makeup's good. The makeup's good, then. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's a learning yeah. curve as well there because you kind of got to give and give and give before it'll give back. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's cool. I like that concept because it's sort of a, an old school concept, right? <laughs> when you... Um, uh, back in the day, if you wanted to be a blacksmith, you just went and worked for the blacksmith until he was making right. enough money yeah. off you that he could pay you a wage, mm-hmm. right? And it didn't matter if you're a farrier yeah. or a blacksmith or a drywaller, that's the way it worked. Yeah, and I have to say that I've been to two makeup schools now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I've got all my courses um, with doing like mini accreditations down at my courses I've done out in the States. Um, I've been up to Edmonton for airbrush courses. I've been, you know, down to the States for the special effects courses. Um, I've done my beauty makeup certifications in Calgary. I've shadowed with some of the best artists uh, in Calgary. And I have learned more watching them and and having them guide me than I learned in any of these courses. I believe it. And same with, um, you know, my makeup mentor when she's showing us her technique and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, and um, it's just like, really? I never knew that. And then you've learned that technique. You bring that into your application. But then there's a million techniques, right? Right. But you're not going to see that unless you're learning from the best and the best. Yeah. You know, you can, there's so many YouTube tutorials. There's so many, you know, oh, some of the makeup stuff, like, and this is why I go to the high schools because I'll go into the high schools and I'll see these girls with false eyelashes <laughs> stuck on, it looks like caterpillars on their eyes, and their <laughs> eyebrows are practically drawn on with like a sharpie. And I'm like, you're f- <laughs> you're like 15, 16. You don't need all of that. You and know, they're beautiful. To they're start beautiful with. to begin with, but the makeup is so overdone. Yeah, it's almost. Theatrical. You see that with adult <laughs> yeah. women too, though. Like oh, I've been yeah. to the local pubs, you know, like yeah. who the heck taught you how to do that? Oh yeah, and they're beautiful yeah. women. They really are, but they just—they've never been. No one's given the time to show them the yeah. Way to do so it. I do, and a lot of emails and messages I get are from, you know, women that are women that are in, you know, like their thirties and forties. Like, well, I never really wore makeup. I want to start wearing makeup. When I feel better, yeah. I have problem skin. What do I do about this? You know, but I, I was at um. I was, where was I? I was at um, George McDougall High School. And I had one girl come and talk to me after class. And she goes, well, with my cheeks, is this rosacea? And that's where they get that really bright pinkish red, you know. almost like broken capillaries. Broken capillaries all under their cheeks. And she goes, nothing will cover it. When I put makeup on, it's, you know, it just feels really hot. And, you know, how do I cover this? So, So I said... There's, you can do this so easy. And um, I said, message me later and I'm going to, and I'll talk to your mom because the makeup I was going to recommend to her is not cheap, yeah. you know, but I want to talk to her mom about it because it, it turned out to be like close to a hundred dollars, which is, Ooh. you know, but it's also a, a makeup that we use for people with birthmarks or yeah. people with, you know, uh, severe hyperpigmentation or you know, scarring. What's a hyperpigmentation? Um, like dark patches. Okay. Yeah. So, um, many women with um going through hormone changes or after pregnancy will get um, melasma, which is like brown patches. Yep. On their skin, many times it's just a hormone thing. If someone you know has had a surgery, 
um, heat can bring it out too. Yeah. And um, I've got um, on my body uh, what you're, I don't know what it's called, but I've had these patches on my uh, my chest and my ribs okay. ever since I was little. Same thing. Just okay, probably just blue, a birthmark. Just... Yeah, strawberry birthmarks. You know. No, this nope. didn't come until I was twelve or thirteen years oh. old. Oh, uh, I've okay. had them checked. Or there's nothing harmful of them. It's yeah. just there was a pigmentation change in my yep. skin. Yeah. So that will get people like, but many like that on set where they're like their neck or their chest goes a completely different color. Yeah. Especially even being nervous. Like I'll see women where I'm ready to do their makeup and their chest is just bright red, you know, so we're having to bring the makeup down into that too. But it's just part of the way their body reacts to stress. Yeah. And um, so I told the mom about this makeup. I said, the thing is, if you go buy it, it's going to last her for like a year because it's so concentrated, right? And the best part was she went to Shoppers Drug Mart and the... The woman gave them little samples of the makeup. Oh, so she got to use it for a whole bunch to make sure. She got to actually, she still has the little, because it's so concentrated. She gave her a little sample and um, she went home. I told her how you, how you apply it, how you powder set it. She just did that with a little bit of lip gloss, a little bit of mascara. That's all she wanted to do. Just have those cheeks covered. And she just phoned me up, just crying. She's like, thank you so much. I can't believe I just tapped this stuff on with a little sponge. And, oh, sorry, I'm pulling my thing there. And it just, you know, covered everything perfectly. And I can't thank you. I'm like, oh, my God, that was the sweetest thing ever. You know, and um, for me, just to help her out a little bit, you know. Made my day. I love that. Made her day, too, I bet. Yeah. It's uh, troubling with teenagers. And uh, they take, I don't want to say abuse bullying or frustration yes. um yeah. i don't know if it's um more so in airdrie than other places based on the type of families that we have yeah. here it seems to be a little bit in the higher but to to be able to bring somebody a little bit of confidence a little bit of uh freedom from that you know yeah. if they, she got teased for it must be amazing she probably has been because i even know like my couple of my daughters have been through hor- horrific bullying at yeah. school you know and and even that's a whole other subject there, yeah. you know, but um, my daughter had gone through this bullying for a few years and, you know, the school tried to handle it the best that they could. And I was still even kind because I couldn't, you know, really approach this kid. You know, I love to do that, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, in a way I just one day I did. I just said, you know, you just got to knock it off. Just stop it, you know, and. Then I got told off, and I'm like, you know, but sorry, it's not. Yeah, I got told off, you know, but she just happened to be right by my car at the time. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, you just have to stop this. Just knock it off. Just don't talk to each other. Just walk away from each other. And as nice as I am, I just, you know, the mama bear kind of came out a little (laughs) bit that day, but I still wasn't mean to her. But, um, you know, that's one thing that, uh, I don't agree with this is the bullying aspect, but, um, you know, it, it still happens nowadays, but I even had one mom one time and cause the, I love the pink shirt days. I wish it worked, but yeah. you know, at the same time, this kid was wearing a pink shirt being horrible to my daughter on pink shirt date, Yeah, you know? And then I, I just said, you know, it, I wish it worked, but it doesn't. And I grew yeah. up being bullied, and I think it's it's definitely different for boys than it is for girls. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought that's how you made friends. Someone was going to be a jerk to you. You're going to punch them in the face, and a couple of days later, you're friends. And it worked 
I yeah, literally that's totally a boy thing. <laughs> I literally thought that's how you made friends. I moved around a lot, so I oh, went okay. to like thirteen yeah. different schools before oh, wow. I got to grade eight. So I was wow. always a new kid. I was always a little kid. You like British or military background? Or no, something? no construction. <laughs> My dad just followed construction wherever oh, it went, and okay, 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 uh, okay. so we yeah. we followed that all. Um, and then my daughter had experienced a little bit of bullying when she was mm-hmm. in elementary school and it took a little while to get out of her what was going on. And I yeah. said, okay, this is what you're going to do. Don't do it in the heat of the moment. So this girl would force my daughter to play this game in a specific spot and not let her hang out with the people she wanted to hang out oh, with. Like, no, you're going to hang out with me kind of thing. Yeah. And so I was really stressing my daughter out. So I said, go up to her. Um, when she's least expecting it. So you're going into the school. It's not recess. She's not expecting you to be there. Go find her and just say, listen, today we're not hanging out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go play with this person and we're going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. If you want to join us, you're welcome to come join us, but I'm not doing your thing anymore. Good. And uh, my daughter did that and and that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times kids and i'm not trying to take away from the um the bullying because it definitely it's not a, a great uh thing for them to do mm-hmm. but if we can give them some tools to deal with these people in a way that's that's effective mm-hmm. and i think you know if you're for me and my wife if we're um, not in a good mood and she says something nasty and i say something it just creates a fight mm-hmm. right where the proper thing to do is to go okay you know what i'm not dealing with this right now and yeah. then when everyone's calm and when they're least expecting you go you know what that wasn't a very good thing to say mm-hmm. and vice versa like for my yeah. wife with me where you have <clears throat> a tool where you can catch people off guard so instead of when they're trying to make you do something and you say no i don't want to do it and it's this big stress I used to do this with my kids before they we went out to a restaurant. I'd say, listen, we're going to a restaurant. While we're in the restaurant, you're going to sit at the table, and you're going to be calm. You're going to be yelling and screaming. You're going to order your food. I'm going to help you. This is what, And I would lay out the whole thing that's going to happen to them. And then just go do it. Mm-hmm. I never had a problem with my kids running around in restaurants or being jerks or loud or anything like that because I set this pre- um, uh, existing scenario that was going to happen. And so I just got my daughter to do that, and all of a sudden, everything stopped. There was no more problems anymore. Nice. Most bullies don't want to be confronted, yeah. um, but they, the tension of the moment will get them revved up. And so yeah. they, they have to go to that next level. Jocko Willing says all the time, everything revolves around violence. Yeah. Everything, right? You get a speeding ticket, you don't want to pay it. Police are going to make you pay it one way or another. It's going to mm-hmm. be jailed, and then it's going to be, you know, the next level, next level until it's it's real violence, right? You say mm-hmm. I don't want to go to jail. Guess what? You're going to jail. Yeah. Everything boils down to that. So if you're um, facing a bully and they believe that your violence is bigger than theirs, then there's no bullying. It mm-hmm. just isn't. But I don't think that's always the right way to go. No, with girls, it's it's because my daughter was, you know, she's you give like me more. Wine? I'm driving later, so don't give me too much. That's okay. We got lots of time for you. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Drink some water after. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to the podcast. You get drunk. Um, yeah, with you girls. Tell Crystal, I don't have to buy more wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crystal. <laughs> yeah, we're totally gonna have a. It was wonderful because when Crystal came over the other day, her her little daughter had been through a lot of the same things that one of my daughters had yep. went through, and it was funny how the two of them just clicked yeah. and. You know, um, afterwards, we're just like, wow, they really hit it off, right? So now we're already planning, like, a sleepover. Nice. With my daughter, um, the one that was bullied quite badly, it was, um, she couldn't be confrontational. She would be emotional, and the bullies would get a reaction out of it. So we had to work with her on controlling her emotions and just, you know, um, 
realizing that not everybody is kind and yeah. not everybody is wanting to be your friend as much as she would even say to this girl, I just want to be your friend. Why are you being so mean to me? And this kid just wouldn't, there are kids where they would have that compassion or a conscience that yeah. they would feel and feel bad about that. But then there are the ones that don't care and they're just, yeah. that's the way they are. You know, and um, I was, uh, I can't remember, I was listening or reading this study, and they were talking about why women bully the way they bully. Mm. And uh, um, what it boils down to is way back in the day, women really relied on community, right? Yeah. So um, when there was marauders and rapists, and it was a lot more dangerous to live, they would do everything in groups, right? They mm-hmm. would forage in groups, they would sow in groups, yeah. they would do everything in groups for protection. So if you didn't like a woman, all you had to do is put her outside the circle, mm. and you knew she was at high risk of being raped, murdered, captured, oh, enslaved, whatever. <laughs> so women yeah. now, part of their DNA is to go, I don't like that person. I'm going to put mm. her outside the circle. See, and I've, I I like to think I've never been that way. I, I've never... Oh, like, I mean, I was bullied when I was a kid. I've had people that, you know, I didn't particularly wasn't very fond of but once you know we wanted to start a family and we were told at one time we'd never have kids right Mm. so then here we are with four i know like five years later you know (laughs) then we're having our first baby and you're like yeah first doctor was such a quack because we're like you told us we couldn't have any and here i am pregnant with twins you idiot you know but um so but I your went first pregnancy was twins. No, no, my last one. Oh, your last one. Yeah. Okay. So, but we were told for quite a few years that um, I would have difficulty getting pregnant. Yeah. And so, with that doctor at the time, we were like, okay, I probably won't ever have kids. And then they sent us to see a specialist. And then this, but it, you know, anywhere in waiting to see a specialist is a good, you know, year <laughs> to do to get in. So it was like eighteen months later, and then we see the specialist like, eh. Totally fine. There's nothing (laughs) wrong with you. We're going to give you, you know, this certain medication that's just going to, you know, help you. It was just more the one that, you know, would make me regular. (laughs) And then within three months, I was pregnant with Victoria. Wow. And then after Victoria, you know, um, I just, uh, then we had Sarah a few years later. And then the twins were kind of an oops, but... They were a little blessing because when yeah. you go through that where you're thinking you're never going to have a family and then, so I had four children, five and under at one time. Because wow. <laughs> Sarah and the, is my middle daughter and then the twins, Amber and Brittany, they're only 17 months apart. So, wow. yeah, I would be, I had That's this, a lot of diapers. You know, but well, Victoria and Sarah were, uh, well, Sarah was in diapers, right? Because she was only 17 months and then I had the two babies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had like a, uh, uh, we had a big party. <laughs> we had a party when they were all potty or Everybody was like, no more diapers. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. But um, at the time, I had the best stroller, because, and I was a busy <laughs> mom. Cause, but I did. I had a stroller, and it had a side-by-side for the twins mm-hmm. and a seat that hooked on the front for the toddler that she could nap, and it had like this back support. And then it had a this little skateboard boogie board Oh, on the yeah, back, yeah. so I could go to the mall, and it folded up flat. Yeah, so you I could take, take I could take all four cart. kids to the park, to the mall, to yeah. everywhere. And my husband and I would be in the mall with the kids with this wicked Valco stroller, 
and people would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and it would fit through a regular door, too. Yeah. So it, you make do, right? You yeah. know. So I have um, a lot of admiration for moms that have multiples because... They got a great story. A friend of mine is an electrician, and uh, um, they had three daughters, kind of like a year and a half, two years apart kind of mm-hmm. thing. And um, he, he loved his daughters. It's not an issue at all. But the, the wife is like, I know you always kind of want a son. Do you want to you wanna try for a son? And <laughs> he hemmed and hawed for a while. Like three kids is a lot of kids. And, um, you know, he was a hardworking guy and lots of hours. And mm-hmm. finally he said, like, hey, yeah, let's let's try to have a boy. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had twin girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. He we kind of went through the, that too, yeah. The first time, uh, or I knew what was going on with him, and then he's like, oh, "My wife's pregnant." I'm like, "Oh, cool." He goes, "Twin daughters." Oh my and gosh! I burst out laughing. So five girls. <laughs> five wow. girls. Yeah. You I, know, yeah, my husband was like, you know, I always dreamed of living with five women, but this wasn't the way I planned on it. You know, no. and I'm like, you too got bad. A hair of yeah. mine, and instead it was just a <laughs> sea of estrogen. <laughs> yeah. Right now, well. My husband is a software engineer. Okay. So now we're getting te- like teenagers now. Yeah. And uh, he's starting to deal with um, just how moody and hormonal you know <laughs> teenagers can be. And he's like, oh, we still have two more to go into this. So he's like, I'm going to develop an app <laughs> and I'm going to call it Red Alert. And you guys all have to enter in. When your cycles are if more than two of you are on at the same time, it's gonna go. He's an alarm's gonna go off, and, and he, he gets goes, to book it out I'm of town. Going out, yeah. And then, um, so we had a big joke about that. But um, oh, yeah. that reminds me, I saw an article. I didn't get to read the whole thing today, but it is um, an ankle bracelet for um, oh domestic abuse. Domestic abuse. Yeah, I saw that on uh, on the. It was just a flash up on Facebook. I think. Yeah, yeah. that's what I saw yeah. too. It, yeah. Um, so if they're in the vicinity of the of their spouse or whatever, whoever they're abusing, yeah. then uh, it alerts the, alarm the police, goes off. right? Mm-hmm. I think what it should be, because I don't think that necessarily separation is the best thing to do. I was talking to Crystal about this, and, and with abuse, the reason men are abusive is not just because they're jerks. They're, they're being jerks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's because there's something else wrong. And mm-hmm. so if we could solve that problem, because we don't want to just do housing for abused women or abused mm-hmm. um, people, because that's a lot of houses. If we could yeah. solve the actual problem. And so if that bracelet could somehow, I don't know, measure their emotional um, output, like if they're getting angry and like you get a little yellow, like, oh, he's getting angry. All right, Bill, nah, time to go it, sit down. Give him an electric freaking shock. That's what I'd make do. What's your aggression factors going on? Take that, you know. That'll calm you down a little bit, right? Well. It's Ted Bundy, your butt. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, with Crystal, though, it's more when that situation is escalating and they're terrified that they have some place to go. It right. might not be that they're wanting to go there yes. just for, like, to live there. Yeah. It's just they need somewhere to go until they get, or the person that's abusing, until they get the help they need, right? Right. It's just like this woman that this all just happened to, um, you know, with, it's just horrific. But um, if she knew he was coming over and she had somewhere to go, you know, maybe she could have. Yeah. The woman with, um, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, there was another one. And if uh, she had someplace to go, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. It's always a what if, what if kind of thing, right? Yeah, it is, and and I'm tackling it from the other side. I talked to there was a post on Energy Dads about um, 
uh, all this abuse is going mm. on, and and some guys get really angry, like, oh, we just kicked the crap out of these guys, and yeah, that yeah. that might work, it might but not it's work. Just, yeah, I really it's still aggression. No, it's right? still mm-hmm. aggression. Um, and Hoover's got the biggest aggression wins. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it's always worked. I think that if we can create community and accountability, uh, I put it out on Energy Dads. I'm there. Like, if you're an abuser, call me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find my phone number. Everything, everything's yeah. on social media. I'll go for coffee with you and we can talk about it. We can, you know, work on strategies. I'll help you find counseling or whatever it is because mm-hmm. I, although I'm all for what uh, Crystal's doing and, and getting homes in place and respite care and, and everything that they need for the abused, I think that that's a no-brainer. We have to do that, but we can't just do that. That's going to be such a small part of it. And I'd like to create a community of men where we can support each other even if they're being those bad guys, mm-hmm. um, that we should be loving on everybody regardless. Not um, not allowing it, not uh, condoning it, but to show them that it, that's not the only way to deal with things, right. right? And I don't think it's 100% the man's fault. I think there's, you know, there's some accountability on both sides. Um, but I, I, I think that's what's missing. We're in a town where nobody is from Airdrie. There's no... You know, the, I, I've been here for 15 years and I've got lots of good friends, but I didn't grow up here. I don't have mm-hmm. those friends I had from elementary school and from high school and all that, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you go to, I don't know, I was just talking to someone from Acme and they're like, yeah, I'm still friends with everyone I went to a kindergarten with. Right. And I'm like, that's amazing. Well, Facebook has brought that around. Like, We moved here from England when I was a child. Yeah. So um, my dad uh, transferred over here. And then we grew up in small towns, yeah, very very small towns. And with Facebook, I've actually contact like friends have contacted me that I grew up with, like in my preteen years, and that you know that um, we were in a town of like Watrous, Saskatchewan, with like you know like twelve hundred people was the <laughs> massive size of that town. You I know? lived in Waldeck, Saskatchewan. Oh, where's Waldeck? Just outside of Swift Current. Oh, okay. All I right. think there was 150 people wow. in that town. Well, our first town was like Kalonze, Saskatchewan. And I there don't was know like that one either. 400 people. Ooh. You know, <laughs> yeah. and when we moved to Saskatoon, well, that was the big, big city. city. You know, yeah. we moved to the big city. You know, and oh my God. You know, but um, yeah, you know, uh, come into contact. And that's, I think, why we resonated to Airdrie. And we've been here for 14 years as well. Okay. Yeah, so we so resonated to Airdrie, yeah. And um, at the time when we moved here, there's like 20,000 people, you know, and now we're at... I, th- I want to say there was 9,000 when we moved here. So it really? would have been oh. in April of 2004. Okay, so we were... No, actually, we were... We moved here 2007, Okay, so it hasn't been. Yeah, wait, it's 2019, so 12 years, right? 12 years, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've been here 14? 15. 15. Okay, yes, yeah. So when we moved here, there was just under 20,000. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and what, yeah. now we're at like 80? Just under, yeah. Oh or maybe God. it's just over, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's probably over. Every time I turn around, this town's got 10,000 more people than I thought it's it like did. It's like Cooper's, so. we're done building. <laughs> and then, oh, there's Cooper's, let's just build the promenade and extend even more out. And all uh, the farmer's land's getting like... Blows my yeah. mind. We'll be touching Calgary in 10 years. So my mother says. I'm like, okay, that's a little... Oh. <laughs> of it still yeah yeah but um no i love airdrie i really I do, do. Too. i um i'm close-knit with a lot of the the people here i i help out the airdrie health foundation a lot with yeah. um 
you know, uh, Mich- <clears throat> Michelle Bates has got as like the 24 hour urgent care. She's, they put a lot of money into, uh, whatever the, the foundation raises has gone right back into Airdrie. Awesome. And, uh, so we have so many great organizations in this town. Like it really is a great town. Uh, put aside the abuse that's going on here. Mm-hmm. We have some amazing givers in this town. Amazing. There is a lot, you know, which is where it kind of floors me sometimes because I, I, I like to think in my profession that, you know, like I'm, I'm in a profession where I, it's a, a goal that I've had and I'm reaching that goal, yeah. you know, and I, I love giving back with <clears throat> any of the fundraisers and any of the um, nonprofits. Um, Mike Lockman with Defeat Depression, you know, I'm, I'm with his as ah, well. I like Mike a lot. Yeah. Isn't he lovely? So He's cool. such a fun guy. He works at Petland. I just uh, want to go in there and yeah. <laughs> I actually did an interview with him before did we yeah. did the podcast. We recorded okay, it and yeah. everything mm-hmm. and I've never posted and I've been thinking about bringing him back again. You should. He's such a good guy. And really also with his open mic night that he does at the library. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I, I've always been working when he's had those, but I really got to go. I just. I, I want to try it. I have a. So it's funny. Probably about three months ago, I said that, you know, we do the podcast here and this is pretty easy. This is my, it's my dining room mm-hmm. and we drink some <laughs> beers and put on a camera and get to talk. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple to do, but I've always had a fear of public speaking. So I thought I need to find things where I can get over my fear of public speaking. Okay. And not more than like two days, I get a call from uh, one of the leaders at our church. Go, hey, Chad, we want you to come up on stage and start hosting. Oh, cool. Went, oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> And then a couple of days after that, a buddy that's a teacher, and he says, Chad, would you like to come and do a speech about logistics to my class? That didn't pan out for this year, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm hoping for next year. And then Mike's things keeps coming up, and mm-hmm. they do poetry and comedy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I should I should really do this. Like, I should push myself. You should. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah, Mike is an incredible poet, actually. And we did a big fundraiser with Defeat Depression where yeah. we um, he had local... Um, uh, artist that had written a poem, and then we um, he brought in artists to put that onto canvas. Oh, yeah. So um, he ended. He was on global TV with that one. He yeah. actually took my painting down the, and he had this poem about um, uh, the anxiety mm-hmm. and anxiety taking over him, and the poem was very, very uh, detailed. And kind of let you see into his soul a little bit. It was very... So I... The way I perceived it in my head was this kind of beast or kind of demon, you Mm -hmm. know, trying to get at him. So I had this... I had these really... uh, These hands that were coming out of the fog, you know, to try and get him. But then I had the the boy sat there with a look and content on his face, like kind of like an F you kind of look, you know, like you're not going to get me kind of stuff. So when Mike came over and he saw the way I perceived his poem with art onto the canvas, yeah. um, he's like, that was something I never thought I would. He goes, that's not how I saw it. But yeah. he took that portrait or that uh, canvas painting with him uh, on that. And um, he did a, um, we should do that again. Cause there were some incredible poems there. Yeah. And now there's so many other artists that I know would come on board. And that would be a really fun fundraiser to do. He's an amazing guy, considering what he comes from with the bullying and, and mm. abuse that he went through. And then the uh, drug dealing and drug addiction yeah. and alcohol addiction. Yeah. And then to um, still come out of it 
with just a heart for his community. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it really blows my mind. Like, it's it's really easy when you come from a good background and yeah. then to have a heart for your community. Yeah, he's still, you know, like, but I love the fact that he will still go on Facebook and he will be honest and talk about, this is what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah. Because then he has the love of support of so many people that come back and say, you know, you got this, buddy, you know, you can do this. And yeah. I think if a lot more people had that kind of support, mm-hmm. a lot of things could be better. This is know? sort of what I was talking about with the abusers, because I think, you know, a lot of uh, abuse comes out of fear, anxiety, depression. True, but a lot of it's control as well, too, right? You know, yeah. So um, my uh, older sister went through a very abusive marriage. Yeah. And it wasn't more about, it was more about control. Yeah. With that fact, but that that control mm-hmm. comes from fear, right? So fear, yeah. When you when you fear you're going to lose something, you mm-hmm. try to control it and keep it in, right? We, yeah. we keep our dogs on leashes, we keep mm-hmm. our cats inside the house. We we have this fear that if my dog gets out, I may never see it again. And yeah. the same thing with, you know, uh, I struggled with jealousy really really bad when I was younger. Um, of friends, of girlfriends, of everything. Like mm. it just, it was this huge anxiety inside me. And I'm sure if you talk to girls that I dated in high school and shortly after, they would say I was probably verbally abusive. I was never physically. Yeah. But because I was trying to control, I, I didn't want to lose. There was this fear, yeah. right? But you know, that's also the adolescence of teenagers and yeah. how. A lot of things. Like, I look back at when I was in high school and how everything was the end of the world, you know? And I was like, oh, my God, I was so immature and stupid, you know? Because I look, even in my early 20s, I'm like, wow. I, You know, you grow and you learn. Right. And you develop trust. But how do you grow and learn? How do you develop that trust? Just through experience and experiencing those situations, right? And what if someone Mm -hmm. never gets that experience? That's what I think is happening with most of these men. And I'm not trying to defend them at all because their actions are completely wrong. Um, And they know it's wrong. They know in their heart of hearts what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. They just don't have a way of dealing with it other than what they do. Still, but there's also control over to take it to that point you know hurting mm-hmm. and this one woman that what she's experienced is life altering <clears throat> there's things that crystal has told me that just make my heart sink yeah you know and i'm just like when you wonder how someone can do that to someone that they're supposed to love yeah you know to uh, inflict it's like i don't watch the news too much because i will sit there I don't either i'll s- be sick to my stomach thinking like even things that pop up on facebook i'm like why you know i yeah. i tend to unfollow people this is people if you're my friends on facebook <laughs> if you're posting crap about abused animals and abused children yeah i will unfollow you you'll still be my friend but i'm not seeing your stuff because i yeah. just don't need that in my day like, yeah. i will try now to protect my own children yeah i'll try and do things that i'll try and be honest i'll try and be kind i'll try and help anybody who asks i will you know I'll never screw anybody over. I've had that happen to me quite a few times. I think that's the yeah. key, right? Like, cause I sort of felt the same way that, you know, if they ask or if they're putting an effort in, yeah. then, then I, I'll, I'll help them too. Yeah. And I, and I'm starting to lean towards that. That's not enough yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying anyone else has to do this. And, and that's where, and I don't know what that looks like yet. I've talked to Crystal. I've talked to my pastors. I've talked to my wife mm-hmm. and just like, what is this? What can we do to help resolve this issue in town? Because 
helping Crystal build a shelter, I think, is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be more. Can't just be, yeah. um, you know, it, it's like jail. You just can't throw everybody in jail that does what you don't like to do because it may not be hurting anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, back when pot was illegal, you get thrown in jail for it. Well, right. now it's legal. Yeah. And what's the big deal, right? If a couple of people get high, um, maybe some of them will wreck their lives. Some well, of them, maybe some of their lives will get better. It doesn't really matter what's going on because it's always going to bother somebody and they're going to make a stink about it, yeah. you know. And um, anybody that puts their opinion out, no matter how amazing it is, like even on the with this calendar that we're doing, there yeah. was we had one of the models getting henna mm-hmm. and it was beautiful henna because she loved henna. And I did her hair and her makeup and she was getting henna done. And then on the Facebook page, someone had to put what does getting a tattoo have to do with uh, this calendar? <laughs> and we're like, okay, it's not a tattoo, it's body art. And yeah. the whole point of the calendar is that it ma- it's making women feel beautiful yeah, and making them feel and empowered. love themselves and making them feel empowered. And, you know, when you look and feel good, you know, it, it's an uplifting thing. Yeah. You know, so we just said, no, it's not a tattoo. It's her experiencing body art. It's something that she loves. And then this woman was still replying, well, it's got nothing to do with this getting a shelter. I'm like, oh my gosh, read the post. (laughs) It's about her getting her makeup and her hair done, getting something done on her body that she loves. Yeah. It's body art. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and Samarine Janae, she's an incredible henna artist in town. Yeah. Um, And um, she was doing the henna. It was beautiful. And it just made our model feel beautiful. And I think you're always going to get that percentage of people that just don't get it. They just don't understand what it's, you know. Someone will always want to make a stink. And they'll always want to. Make people feel bad. Yeah, I I have people (laughs) trying to make me feel. And I I take things to heart too much that, and I get people, Amanda, you're too nice. Amanda, you shouldn't be doing this. Amanda, you let people walk all over you. I said, no, I don't let people walk all over me. I said, if they ask for help, if they ask for something, then I will do it. Yeah. You know, and um, if it's going to benefit our community and give back to it, then I will do it. Yeah. And I have people that are, you know, um, they talk ill about me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, there's I always w- going to people. That there's shit always going to be. Do. I look at things, you know, like I was only ever kind to this person or that person. I w- I'm like, why are you being that way? I have. Um, like when we were talking about the bullying and the pink shirt day, yeah, I was talking with a friend on Facebook and I said, well, it's kind of a joke if the bully sat right next to my daughter wearing a pink shirt. Yeah. So then I had this um, other mom who's a mom of one of the girls in Airdrie who's very popular and she just went to town on me and just yeah. saying, really, Amanda? Really, that's the way you feel? <laughs> I said, no. If you read this, you'll see that this child is next to my child wearing a pink shirt, insulting well, her. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. It's not doing anything at that particular time. But right. someone will always want to attack. Someone will always want to drag you down. Some people are not happy and or it makes them happy to make other people belittle them or feel like crap. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I try not to associate with people like that. Yeah. I keep to myself a lot. I do my fundraising stuff and Yeah. I just try and, you know, better my skills to be better in the film industry. And I, uh, yeah. I will get off this topic. Uh, I, I had some other questions for you because oh, one of the cool. things <laughs> that um, um, 
always kind of not shocked me, but I've noticed a consistency is that with artists, very little of them are very good at business. They're great artists, mm-hmm. and then they struggle at business. But you also did business in university. How have you implemented business into your art? Not really, because I don't really make them. <laughs> In fact, I make, um, I probably thank God for face painting because face painting, I still love face painting. Yeah. I mean, when you get a little four year old that sits in your chair and they yeah. just want to be Spider Man and they see their face in the mirror and they're just like, <gasps> you know, and they're so, so excited. excited. Or a little girl gets a princess and jewels and a little unicorn, you know, and they're just so over the moon over it, you know, as opposed to, an actor getting in my chair is like, no, 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 this is not how I wear my makeup. I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is not how you're supposed to wear your makeup. You're, you're yeah. like, you're supposed to look withdrawn and you're supposed to look tired. And you know, th- I'm not doing your makeup, so you're going out to get like a headshot done. You know, like yeah. I have actors that are very grumpy <laughs> that sit in the chair, <laughs> or they're very opinionated and they want to look a certain way. I've had actors and actresses where I've had to get the producers involved I'm like so you know so and so isn't happy with their makeup right now and it's like well they'll come and look at the actor and they'll be like well you're supposed to be looking this way this is what we've told Amanda to do yeah and then they're like well I don't want to look this way I was like you're hired to be you know you're hired as the actor for that director and that writer you're right. not supposed to be you you're supposed to be a, a different character right sorry Eric what oh Yeah. Oh, what's so, this? Okay, you cool don't do there. it with your teeth, do you? I don't. So okay. I have a I have a oh, titanium have a ring? wedding oh, ring, okay, so okay, it's okay. indestructible, and I hook it on my bottle and lift it up. Well, off. heck. So I can do that. Everyone gets amazed to... when I'm opening bottles. Now my, my husband's hands. gonna want a titanium freaking wedding band. You know, so why, I can I, open it you know why I bought the titanium <laughs> band? Because I'm in I'm in construction. Every oh, construction okay. worker I've ever met either won't wear their wedding band because it gets bashed up, or they're wearing this ring that's just trashed. Okay. You know, you got hammers and saws yeah, yeah, and yeah. plywood and material and steel in your hand, and mm-hmm. you just bash them. I can see that for construction. Yeah. But my so, husband is a software nerd, so he's not going to be. <laughs> he's on the keyboard <laughs> all day. He'll stick with his twist-off caps. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the, uh, the funny thing was I, I get this ring and I get married. And uh, a couple of days later, I'm in to see a, a friend of mine who's a chiropractor. And uh, he's like, oh, show me the ring. Tell me about the wedding. And, I'll, and I show him the ring. And he's like, oh, is that white gold? I said, no, it's titanium. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? He goes, you realize that if you injure that finger... And they can't get the ring off. Oh. They just take your finger off because they can't cut the ring. So they'll they'll um, oh. amputate your finger if it, the injury is severe enough, um, so that they can uh, get the ring off, and then they'll sew your finger back on. They can't so cut then, through that. No, it's titanium. Oh, like, I, I, it's like yeah. lasers. If they cut through that, oh. they're cutting through the hand anyway. So they just cut through oh, the hand. Oh my gosh. That, and maybe there's new technology. I don't know. But oh. what I've been told is you can't cut through titanium. Oh, wow. So every time I've banged or hurt this hand, the first thing I do, I just oh, take the ring off as fast as I can to try to avoid that. But either way, um, 15 years this year, and my ring is still untarnished and undamaged, and it's still perfectly round and fits my finger. And 15 years, and it actually still fits. I'm not too fat. (laughs) (laughs) Lord knows. Being married, well, Peter and my husband and I have had our just our twentieth anniversary. Wow! Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
crazy. Yeah, and who knew that I'd be like in my forties, getting just getting into the film industry? Because like I was saying before, you know, a lot of the, you know, the makeup artists are half my age doing it. But you know, like I said, I'll go on <clears throat> set and I'll be like, they've been out partying the night before, or they're you know <laughs> they're just so tired, and they're complaining. I'm like, oh man, you I know, don't know how all these young you people know. are so tired all the time. I'm 46, Eric. I'm 46. Yeah, I'm 46 yeah. years old, and I can go. Like, I go Me 16, too. 17 hours yeah. a day, they no could get problem. A second, third freaking wind in our 40s, you know? Like, yeah, yeah we'll just run circles around you 20 somethings <laughs> and see how you like that, you know? But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's good. For me, though, um, I, I, I kind of like that I got into it now because I. I wasn't expecting to do it, you know? I thought by now I'd be an art teacher, but um, for. My kids, as they're now, my twins are 12. Yeah. So next year, they're going to be 13. They're going to be teenagers. They're going to have four teenagers <laughs> in the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, they're self-sufficient. They're yeah. good girls. They've been brought up really well. And if I do have to take off, um, the one movie I'm on, you know, with the Risen will be going out to Australia for the mm, premiere for that nice. one. Yeah. And... Um, I get a lot of calls from Toronto a lot of the time. I actually got a call, you know, to come out and do some body painting for like a Blue Jays after party Very one time. Cool. You know, and uh, but I couldn't go at the time because I <laughs> was on set two days later. So I'm like, darn it, you know. But um, that's where as those opportunities come in now, I can say, okay, hon, I'm going to go. I'll be gone for three, four days. Yeah. Then I'll be back. And then I can start taking those opportunities now that'll to build your stuff. hours up and yeah. your reputation and your experience yeah. and that's so cool yeah but i wish one of the things that i've been on like with um with uh, claire spencer there 106 and i've mm-hmm. been on uh, a few other things like with the echo and the rocky view yeah. weekly and stuff like that because i donate a lot of my expertise oops sorry i donate my expertise to talk to students for these cosmo makeup classes because schools don't have it in their budget to hire a professional right and two of my girls one of them wants to be a veterinarian Mm -hmm. one of them wants to be a cardiothoracic surgeon i keep trying to push her can you please be a plastic surgeon (laughs) that would be benefit me in like 10 years when mom needs a little little nip and tuck yeah exactly i'm like can you just go into plastic surgery you'll make so much money have as many dogs as you want you know big into dogs um and then um i have one daughter that loves cooking so if i you better do a lot more art if you're going to pay for all that schooling we started up an education fund before they were born so nice. hopefully that'll nice. pace we have one who's not keen on university the second one who wants to be the doctor <laughs> it's all gonna go to her yeah you know, like uh, but um we'll hit that when it uh when yeah. it happens but um i it would be amazing like if a lawyer would go and speak at the kids schools yes you know if a chef yeah. and actually like would go and speak at the kids schools yeah i hope that if i'm donating my time in my profession um, that maybe it will help and inspire the people to do that as well. Well, so this is curious to me. So I, I have another friend that teaches in schools all the time, uh, Riley Petka at the Potter's House. She teaches pottery at schools okay. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And she gets paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does someone get into doing that at high schools? Because I would love to give back to uh, kids, uh, whether it's through trades. Uh, I've been in the trades for well, 25 you, years. Right. So you can contact the school. 
Um, as long as you have your criminal record check. Yeah, I'm you know, good there. Yeah. So as long as you have that. You looked you, at me like you weren't sure when you said no, that. No, I did not. You <laughs> lie. Um, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> it's all the tattoos, right? I just, uh, I look no. rough. But <laughs> Are you kidding? I work with so many tattoo people. In fact, in film, um, we have to cover. Did you know in film that most um, people that come on set, if they have tattoos, they have to have a release letter from there. Tattoo artist. Really? Yes. Paul, I need a release letter. Yeah, damn Get it, Paul. It, Make sure you give him a release letter. If we need him as an extra in the next movie, you he know? wants to do my whole arm. <laughs> oh, cool. So get a full sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get a full sleeve. It's yeah. all going to be warriors. Oh, I love tattoos. Yeah. I, it's do you been, have any? I don't have any. I don't. I have so many tattoo artists that are like, Amanda, you should learn tattooing. We need I people because I, I do portraits, ask. right? And they're like, oh, we have so many people that want portraits of their dogs or their children or a loved one that's passed yeah. away. And I'm like, oh, I can't really erase that. So no, <laughs> I don't want to do tattooing. But it's funny that that's, you know, so, it was something I've always, I'm like, no, go to Elizabeth Hall in Airdrie. She does amazing tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many there's good artists out there moving into yeah. the tattoo industry. And Human industry. Canvas has some incredible artists right now. The uh, Eric, you want to get the that tattoo was done at Human Canvas? Okay, um, yeah. probably in 2005. Wow. I don't know what the girl's yeah. name was, but I showed her a, sta- a brass statue that came oh, out of oh, cool. uh, an Inca mm-hmm. um, temple or dig site or something yeah. like that, um, and that's what she developed out of that. So. Well, now with the digital imaging scanners too, if you have something, they will. They can almost scan it, yeah, and the software will take it and put it into like a, a flat image oh, to put onto that. tattoo paper. I've where did I see that? The first time was actually on, uh, what's, oh, where they fix all the bad tattoos. Oh, or the, the TV show. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The cover up show. I can't remember what the oh, name. I of remember it was. the name of that one. Yeah, but I was like addicted to. That Do you watch long. a lot of those reality shows? Not too much i was watching uh it was funny because uh, well face off and skin wars were big ones for me to watch yeah, you know yeah. because they were and skin wars is on netflix right now and i was actually um uh contacted by one of the producers of skin wars and uh asked about being on season two but i couldn't get a u.s visa fast enough for that oh, one. okay yeah. this was before trump was in office because <laughs> now there's no way he'd let a canadian come down no no, no you're stealing that's, jobs yeah we'll put a all. fence up there too yeah put or a, a wall yeah, put a fence <laughs> <laughs> between canada and the u.s that's a fence yeah god okay that's a whole other I story Did I, <laughs> have i missed anything how long are we Hour and a half in. I told you it would go fast. We're an hour and a half in. Hour and a half in. And we are you, not. Yeah. Are we really? And you've only drank like a quarter okay, bottle of a wine. A little half glass more. A little, I'll half, a little glass. half glass more. We can hang out all night when we're done the podcast. Um, I actually got to pack my kit tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on a set on Saturday. Oh, and my middle daughter grad. They have their grade eight grad tomorrow too. So that's pretty fun. And um, you do their makeup for that? Yeah, do, I have do you her. Do your kids' makeup? Well, my well, I shouldn't say this. She'll kill me for a bit. My oldest daughter, like I've trained her, like and taught her in makeup, and she's just like, "Oh, but mom, you can do it like ten times faster than I can do it." So you just do my makeup. So many times I'm like, "Just fine, I'll just come and do it." She just, I think, yeah. in a way, I love it because in like six months or a year, you know, she might not even. She wants to go to Germany and do an exchange student program thing yeah. there. So it's time I've had with her, you know. 
Where I'm doing her hair and makeup, you know. That, that's funny you say that because there's a few things. My son is uh, 12 and my daughter's 14. And there's things that okay. I did Same for them. Same age as my twins and my middle one. Yeah. yeah. There's things that I've done for them throughout their lives that we're getting to the point now that they just don't let me do anymore. Like mm. clipping their fingernails. I know it sounds oh, yeah. stupid, but yeah. ever since they came out of the womb, <laughs> that was my job. See, my husband never did that on our kids. He was always scared that he would take off a little itty bitty finger. My <laughs> mother-in-law decided one day to cut, was it Ava or yours? I think it was Ava's. Cut Ava's fingernails <gasps> and she, she took the end of the finger off. Oh no. Yeah, so um, uh, I was like, no one touches my kids anymore. Yeah. I'm doing it all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and of oh. course my mother-in-law didn't mean to do it. But yeah, I've done it their whole lives and now they don't want me to do it. Yeah, you know when you comb their hair in your bathroom and all that mm-hmm. stuff goes away and you're just yeah. like, oh, Sucks. Yeah. So is your daughter grade eight as well? Grade, yeah, she's no, she's, oh, grade, she's grade nine. nine. Okay, yeah, she so. started school early. That's like my twins and my eldest. They yeah. had that cutoff time where they started earlier. Yeah, Eric's a January baby, and Ava's. Uh, so are my December. girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We uh, we had a neighbor on this side of us that um, he consulted for education boards across Canada and the U.S. So mm-hmm. he was really well versed in like what makes sense for schools and and what books they should be using. And this is the kind of stuff he did. So we had had dinner with them one night, and uh, they were an older gay couple. We called them Bert and Ernie. Yeah, cute. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, um, Bert, uh, the tall one, um, was very, very smart. So we were talking about the kids were like baby babies. And he uh, said, well, you know, girls that start school earlier tend to do better. And boys that start school later tend to do better. And so Nicole wanted a little bit more time with Eric. And so she's like, yeah, this is good. We're mm-hmm. just going to not put him in school right away. Because he hit his head a lot, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we've he had a, a few <laughs> accidents with Eric that oh, uh, we can't reverse. Oh, uh, no. He's a very very smart kid though. Um, so we started Ava when uh, she went to preschool when she was three and kindergarten when she was. Yeah, five. it's like my twins and my eldest too. Yeah, yeah and and she does good. She's she's mm-hmm. more of a artsy fartsy. She's not mm-hmm. super. What well, not the word uh, intellectual. Um, she's a smart girl, but she's mm-hmm. not, she's not going to dig deep into math and, and make that yeah. where Eric is the opposite. He's just, things come easy to him and, yeah. and, uh, he's super, super smart. It's like my middle daughter. Yeah. So we have the grade eight grad tomorrow Yeah, with her. So she's got, or she's got honors and she's won awards with it too. And she's yeah. applied for a scholarship for the grade eight school. I'm like, Oh. <gasps> Let's see what happens. So we yeah. did something right with that one, you know, because we just don't know how, because she's good at art and science and math. Nice. And like, what the hell? Well-rounded. Yeah. I just, yeah. that's both sides of the brain. That just doesn't work with me. Yeah. <laughs> Your husband, obviously, will have a, an effect on these girls. What kind of um, software does he develop? Um, well, he works for Husky. So he oh, develops okay. software for all the drilling rigs. Yeah. So okay. offshore drilling rigs, land rigs you know that run the equipment i, sure I don't even know yeah i love him anyways. peter i love you but you're the big nerd because <laughs> he will come home and i'll say how was work he's like oh we implemented this new data protocol blah blah i'm like enough thank you you've said enough thank you thank you you know <laughs> yeah but my husband has a wicked hobby where he races remote control cars and i used to do that too did you really that I, is so funny yeah so from the time i was 12 until i was about 15 i wow. raced uh, remote control cars yeah so my husband was like the canadian national champion for no many many years way. in uh RC cars. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so lame but these suckers are expensive like does he do gas or electric 
both. Nice. Yeah. So the gas ones are crazy. They run on nitro fuel. Yeah. This is jet engine fuel. Yeah. Gas. So um, they are. He's actually sponsored Mm -hmm. by. I think um, he has a team associated out of the U.S. sponsors him. Thank God, because these so little expensive. Well, look at your little titanium ring there. Yeah, hey, yeah. They, these cars have titanium chassis. Yeah, yeah. They're ex- like nine hundred dollars for like a piece the of chassis. The chassis. Just the chassis. And then there's all the th- and they build yeah. these cars from top. He has a tire sponsor. <laughs> for, he has a f- called Proline. He has a freaking tire sponsor. That's if it so wasn't. Cool. So he gets the tires that like um, he has to pay shipping and like a, a some kind of cost. But if he had to buy like a set of four tires is eighty dollars. <laughs> I know they go through like sometimes like twenty sets per season or yep. more. And now he's got. So he always said he would take the firstborn. Yeah. But he's taken the youngest one. Okay. So now Brittany is my youngest, and she is tiny. Well, she's like this little petite little thing, but she's you know. Her mouth makes up for it because I love you, Brittany, but you're so bossy. <laughs> but um, she is... The little ones usually are. She's actually been in it for four years now. Nice. She is beating men that have been in it for 30 years. Beautiful. So she's uh, many races and she's getting her trophy and there's Brittany. Yeah. My petite little... You know, at the time she was like nine. Yeah. Stood next to two grown men. And she's first, Kicked second, and third. Yeah, and I have the best pictures. We actually had Echo came out one time, and they took pictures of her. Beautiful. She just was, um, you know, but she has really t- got a knack for it, like yeah. Peter has. And it's a great hobby. It takes him away a little bit, you know, but um, I think this is my husband's stress relief from yeah, his yeah. work. But, and you know. A lot of estrogen to right. relief from. <laughs> well, Brittany, there's not a lot of girls that do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's maybe out of a... You know, they went to this big race in the States called a Reedy race, and only 100 racers from across the world are invited. Yeah. And Brittany was out at that one. There was, like, only one other little girl there. Wow. So, yeah. It's um, such a cool sport. It's so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. I got to bring your husband on and uh, talk to him, too. Oh, my gosh. You bring Brittany, too. She'll talk your ear off. They actually, she's, well, she talks as she's racing. Yeah. So they mic'd her up <laughs> because she's, like, Get out of my way, fool! I'm totally gonna pass your butt, you know. And she's doing this, and they she's trash talking. Yeah, she's trash talking the full girl man, but she's very funny and cute about it because she's just a little girl, right? Yeah. But she, so they have the different class, like the A, B, and C main, right? Yeah. At the bigger, bigger races, they will have like the the pro, the A, the B, the C, and sometimes a D main or a kids class. Yeah, she is now in the same. Peter's been doing this. Let's see now. He's been doing this for 30 years. Wow. She is now in his class. She's in the she's hitting the A mains. She's yeah. not winning the A mains because the top guys, but there's factory guys yeah. that are paid, you know, to race these cars. Like NASCAR guys. Yeah. So they're paid to race these remote control cars. And Brittany is in that A main. Yeah. And she's 12. That's crazy. So like Peter said, oh, you know, she's under his sponsorship right now because you know for her she'd have to be uh, i think she has to be 16 yeah. before she can get her own sponsorship with it but um so now they both race this team associated That's you know so racing cool. and she's like just this and she has her own little instagram page where she's Does got she all build them tours or dad she's learning now yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
kidding. She's a girl. She'll sit back and let her dad, you know, they call it wrenching. Yeah, you yeah. go wrench and the guys just build my car for me. But yeah, so they, they're doing gas and electric. That's and, so cool. Um, I never got to race gas. I had electric growing up. Well, there's... had about six or seven cars and three yeah. remotes. And we would go out on weekends, mostly with my buddies. But we did a few um, um, events in... Uh, um, Kelowna when I lived there. Right. They're going out of Kamloops this weekend. Hopefully. We'll see because it's supposed to chuck it down. We'll see. It's supposed to rain all weekend. Uh, okay. And uh, There's a lot of indoor ones where they'll build these massive yes. dirt tracks. Well, that's where they're doing like yeah. in the Like in BC a lot, there's a lot of indoor tracks. But there's actually one just outside by Springbank called Trucks. Oh, I haven't heard of Truck, that one. Trucks with an X. T-R-U-X. So Peter's been racing at that one in winter because they race all day Saturday. Yep. They have little tournaments at that one. It's done inside a big barn, big heated barn. Nice. Right now they're at RC Gears, so that's in Calgary by the airport. Yeah. So actually you just take Métis Trail. and uh, There's the uh, plane one right there off of uh, Métis Trail and like or 44th and 64th or something oh, like know. that. There, I don't know the airplane one. is. This one is actually... Like, as long as I've known Peter, we've been married 20 years, we've been together 23, and RC Gears has, like, it was in the middle of nowhere, Yeah. and now there's the all the, built <laughs> the city's it. built around, because there's, like, a recycling place right next door now, and um, the track is still, it's, like, prime location, <laughs> but they <laughs> it's still... It's a big dirt track there. <laughs> it's a big dirt track, That's and they're awesome. out there every Sunday, you know, and... Um, it's a fun sport. Yeah. Well, Brittany loves it. She's yeah. so excited to go. She gets to miss school. That's How hard is that for dads to find that that common thing with girls, especially teenage girls? Well, he has little, because we have four girls, right? So Victoria, she kind of does her own thing, but she's big into, she's such a good girl. I love you, Vicky. Because <laughs> she's like 17, but she loves Harry Potter and she loves like Lord of the Rings and she loves like these kind of movies like that. So I look at a lot of, like, even her cousins her age where they're out partying and stuff. And yeah. there's Victor. She goes, Mom, I'm just getting my friends over. Can I, like, watch Harry Potter? I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm so happy. I love you so much. Yeah. You know, and they'll do that. So Vic, Vicky and Peter will have night sweating. So now he, Peter's a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. She's like, cool. oh, Vicky, we got to get you watching Terminator. And she's like, <laughs> okay, Daddy, we'll sit and we'll watch Terminator. I'm like, oh, God, he already made her watch Total Recall. Oh, that was a good movie. The amount of times I've seen I Total Recall. I think I get Regal. along good with Peter. I think you get a really good Peter, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and then with, with Sarah, Sarah's, um, he's got her playing chess. You know, she's very intellectual with the math and stuff like that. So uh, he and Sarah will have their own little bond with you know anything game related yeah you know they'll play games together my amber she's my little soft-spoken little cutie but she just loves to she loves to play games as well but different kinds of games so peter will have different relationship with each of his daughters yeah and then with britney there's the cars right yeah so with with britney it's all about cars she's obsessed she wears the logo shirts to school every day you know like it's team associated cool. the hats and everything she's just yeah. Love it. But for her, he's really, he goes, well, I didn't get the first born, but I got the last born, you know? <laughs> so yeah, they they get along really well with that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. you know what, Amanda? I think we've covered all the cool. topics. Yeah. And we've Quite got a few some topics. Saying, yeah. I know. We'll, uh, we'll have, have some dig- water before I go. Cause, 
we'll have to uh, uh, dig through this podcast to pull out all the hashtags we need because we've covered so many topics. So thank you oh so much God, for coming Oh my God, yeah, there'll be a over. lot of hashtags on there. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And if you got something coming up you want to talk about, we'd love to have you back. Awesome. And yeah. um, even if you don't, I might invite you back anyways because okay. this was a blast. Fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it too. <laughs> everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Um, we'll see you all next time. Eric, you want to go to uh, outro? Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over. <laughs>